Top Agents Playbook is for you, the modern real estate professional looking for new and proven ways to grow your brand and dominate your market. I'm Ray Wood, and each week we take a behind-the-scenes look at the very best marketing tactics and strategies required to get you and your message in front of a lot more sellers. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now, let's get started. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Ray Wood here for Real Estate Funnels and Top Agents Playbook. Today, I'm with Levi Rogers from uh, the Levi Rogers Group in San Antonio, Texas, Uh, and uh, Levi has a very interesting story to tell. We're going to get into that in a moment. Levi, thank you for joining us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and asking us to be involved and uh, excited to share uh, my story and experiences with your your, uh, listeners, and uh, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think think, uh, being ready is in your nature, and I want to I want to dip into that a little bit because you have quite the story. And um, uh, firstly, your your military story, and I want to thank you for your service. Um, and you. your your history uh, as a special forces Green Beret. Um, you started fairly humbly in the military. Can you give us a little bit of background as as to what led led to you being in the uh, in that elite force? Absolutely. So I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, what's interesting is that I started out joined the army. Uh, mostly out of necessity. I uh, joined the army because I didn't have a college fund. I, I didn't grow up in a, a socioeconomic environment that really uh, promoted, you know, going to college or no, there's no money for it. So I raised my right hand and uh, just went on to get a skill and, and join the military and, and return back to California uh, with a skill and a college fund. And when, when I joined the army, I fell in love with the army. I fell in love with the people, the community, just everything I had to offer. And uh, uh, on my first deployment, uh, I was deployed to Bosnia. I was 19 years old. And I saw these uh, guys that were uh, getting out of a vehicle and uh, they um, were, uh, um, you know, just looked really cool. They had beards and sunglasses and, you know, they just, their guns were really neat looking. And I asked my squad leader, I said, who are those guys? He said, the Green Berets. I was like, what's a Green Beret? <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, um, well, they're special forces. I'm like, well, what's that? You know, and I was, I was a heavy equipment operator. I knew nothing, you know. And uh, so this is pre-Google, right? So I, I went to the career counselor, got a pamphlet, read about the Green Berets, and uh, uh, raised my hand again. And from that point on, it's just been nonstop. And so that was my first introduction. Uh, and... Uh, fortunate to have been selected and went through the process and able to stay on an operational team for the rest of my career. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, um, and I've done a little bit of homework to save you going all through it, but your exit from from the Army was was after quite a catastrophic, catastrophic event um, where you were, I think, left the only survivor. And, and I guess um, as traumatic as, as something like that is, it's, it's history now, I know, but... Um, uh, did you did it feel like when you recovered it kind of prepared you for anything? Did you feel like uh, well, how, how did you feel coming out of that? So um, I, I had significant physical wounds, uh, shattered almost everything in my body, my arms, legs, neck. You know, I mean, everything is pretty bad, and uh, I get burned a little bit, and uh, um, as well, forty percent of my body was uh, was burned, and uh, but the physical injuries, the physical injuries played nothing compared to the emotional trauma that I experienced. So emotional trauma, uh, I lost four men 
yeah. the, under, under my direction. Uh, these men were uh, doing what I directed them to do, and I lived. They died. Their families mourned daily because of decisions I made or didn't make. Yeah. Ultimately, and uh, certainly not uh, my fault or, or anyone's fault. War is tough. Mm. And um, but uh, the, uh, in answer to your question, the emotional challenges uh, stick with me still to this day. Uh, um, just now, you know, I, I tear up talking about it. That's OK. Yeah. Uh, I wear this bracelet um, that memorializes my men every day of my life. Um, when you walk into my company, there's a picture of them right on the entrance uh, so that every day that anybody walks into my organization, they see the sacrifice of these men and their families. And um, it's just an important part of me. Uh, how that prepared me, you know, um, certainly made me tougher. However, uh, it also uh, certainly helped me um, understand that there's consequence with, with everything you do. And um, so I think there's some some good things that we could take from that and some things that, uh, um, you, you know, have affected my decision making cycle in business as well uh, yeah. because of, of that event. Yeah, um, I, I think it's really interesting in, in, in business and in life now to have to have a story regardless of, of what it is. Um, and and you know yours is yours is a pretty extreme story obviously but so many people coming into real estate do have a story they've done something else um and sometimes it prepares them for what lies ahead and i don't know i'm sure you i'm sure you'd agree that that real estate is not the easiest vocation in the world and a lot of people who who come into it don't kind of understand that right at the start. So uh, mm. it's, it's interesting when they start. So um, and and then there's that realization of what's going on. And I know, I know a lot of new people in real estate listen to the show and 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 get value from that because um, uh, it's you know it can get dark and 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 difficult at times. What um, after your transition and your recovery and you were seriously injured, obviously, um, but when when that turnaround came and you started looking at career options, what was it that took you towards real estate? Oh, wow. This is, I could do an hour just on this, but uh, I can do it. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll as long as you allow us to. Um, so well, part of my transition, it was tough. I started looking for work uh, and started thinking I was qualified for jobs that uh, the civilian world really didn't think I was qualified. You know, I was exiting service as as just this, this man that had, I jumped out of planes. I, I shot bad guys. I had a lot of badges. I've been to a lot of military schools and I had a tremendous amount of responsibility and service, but my knowledge, skills and abilities I had in service didn't quite parlay with what I was looking for in the civilian world. So uh, I got hit with uh, what I deemed as failure. I kept uh, looking for executive type jobs and just like, hey, sorry, you know, sorry, if I even got a response, right? And so, um, well, bills started mounting up in the process. You know, time doesn't stop just because, you know, the route you're taking. So uh, a friend of mine said, hey, Levi, why don't you sell that house that you have out in North Carolina? But see, when I was wounded, we went ahead and rented that house out because I just couldn't afford to carry two uh, mortgages or, or rents. And so, um, so we had tenants in it. It was going okay. And I said, you know, let me call that real estate agent that uh, originally sold the house to me. So I found him online. His name is Gary Langdon. I'll never forget this man as long as I live. 
I called Gary on the phone and I said, hey, Gary, it's Levi Rogers. How you doing? Immediately, this man remembered me, which shocked me. I didn't think we, we didn't have we didn't have too much of an interaction, a day's worth of work. We, we, we met, you know, and uh, um, and uh, he said, hey, Levi, how are you doing? And I said, well, hey, Gary, I, I ate a 400 pound bomb. You know, life's changed. I'm looking for work and, you know, I need to sell this house. Uh, how much is it worth? He's like, did you do everything I told you to do? I'm like, uh, yeah, why? He said, well, I mean, it could be worth $150,000 more than you paid for it. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? And so um, I, I, I was shocked. And so, uh, um, and so I started thinking back to this scenario. And I recently called Gary off of a double-wide trailer that was close to the base. And right. Gary said, son, this is going to go down in value night up. And I said, well, what do we do? He took me to the house we ended up buying. He gave me a list of things that I needed to do to set the conditions so that it would be a good real estate decision. Yep. I was 21 years old when I bought the house. And so um, that instance and that 30 seconds of honesty that Gary Langdon gave me in the front yard of a double wide trailer, like changed my entire life. Yeah. Ended up making like 150 grand off the sale of this home. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm in San Antonio. I'm surrounded by military. Um, I don't have a job. I went to my friend and your friend Google, how to become a real estate agent. And I decided from that moment on that I was going to do what Gary did for me for the military and veteran population and to the and for the the people I serve. And so that's that's what got me into real estate was one amazing real estate agent, uh, you know, living by their their ethics and uh I'm doing the right thing. Changed my whole life. Wow! And you, you've had the opportunity to to incorporate that philosophy into your business uh, by helping by helping returned soldiers and veterans uh, with their with their real estate investment. Because a lot of people just don't know what to do. I mean, they honestly do not know what to do. Where do they buy? What do they buy? How do they structure it? So you're helping people through through that process. Absolutely. And what's neat about it is. Um, is I've got about 150 other people on my team right now that have all um, all decided to embody that same uh, uh, that same uh, code of ethics, work ethic, uh, guidance, and uh, it's truly powerful. And, uh, um, and and we're not just serving military and veterans now. It started out that way, yeah. you know. Yep. But, um, you know, we're serving anybody that has that dream to make a smart real estate decision and win. And uh, it's, it's really cool. That's <laughs> just really yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have veterans on the team, on your team that you work with? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we, we're about 55% uh, military, military spouse oh, wow. uh, in my company. Wow. Um, but um, one of the things that, that I've learned is that um, – at first, I used to think that nobody can help a veteran better than a veteran. I used to think that way. That was my veteran mindset. But then I've learned that there's so many amazing real estate professionals out there that they have the desire to help the segment of population as well. And we have realized and learned that you don't have to have served to help those that have. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to commit to learning the nuances of their loan yeah. and their needs and the environment they're around. So to your listeners, regardless of what niche or what uh, particular segment of the market they work, uh, there should be no barriers other than your desire to go educate yourself and learn and implement. And um, 
And so that was a been a big thing that I've learned over the last couple of years as a business owner is it's a, um, how can I take and what, what's helped me and, and spread that to more. Yeah. So. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like your own story, you, you joined the military because um, it well, it sounds to me, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you were a little lost at the time. You were in your, in your late teens. You didn't know what you wanted. Yep. You probably didn't have a lot of direction like a lot of people. And then right. you embarked on this career. Um, is there any, and, and, and look at you now, you're doing 50 million a month in your business in, yep. in turnover. I mean, it's phenomenally successful business. Um, is, there any, is there any training or um, assistance while you're um, working as a soldier as to what might happen post-career? Well, are you talking about systematically, like, like the military or just yeah, like when, things that I take when, when you were in the Special Forces or when you were in the Army, is there any discussion or is there any kind of formal training as, okay, one day you're not going to be a soldier, you're going to be back in civilian land, uh, what are you going to do? Is there any kind of direction or guidance around that? Well, when, when I was in, not really, you, right. you know, but now uh, one of the things that's great about the military um, is that we take a lot of things that we learn. Uh, and implement, you know, uh, new things. And so now there's all kinds of programs out there to support the soldiers and their families yeah. with the transition. Uh, I like to say that the transition should start at enlistments. Like the, 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 the family that's enlisting in the military, let's say uh, the soldier enlists, but their spouse and their kids are along the ride with them. And so they need to be preparing for post-service the day that they agree and raise their right hand to start service. And so, um, but there's certainly, although there was no organized uh, training throughout my career to prepare me for uh, specifically for civilian life, there are many things, absolutely many things that have absolutely contributed uh, to, uh, um, you know, the success, Uh, the army values, you you know, I mean, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, right? These values apply in business, Mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, showing up at the right time in the right place, the right uniform, uh, these are things that work in business. If you show up late every day, (laughs) your boss isn't going to like that. And so if you show up late to a client, not going to like that. Being prepared, you know, having a plan. Uh, these are all things that are really important in the civilian world as well. Just uh, 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 different environments. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a different world now in in real estate. The the things have changed obviously since COVID. We had the sugar rush of uh, of the pandemic when things went crazy and. Things are starting to return to normal. We've got the double-digit inflation just about, I think, in in the Western world as we know it. Um, How are you finding your market and the challenges? What's going on at the moment in San Antonio? So in San Antonio, things are um, starting to change. Uh, Usually um, we'll see a much larger effect, let's say, west, far west coast California, far east coast New York. San Antonio is pretty insulated even after the, the crash in 08. San Antonio did a lot better than some of the other uh, places in the country that got hit pretty hard. Uh, One of the things that's neat about San Antonio is we're a a very, very large military, government, and medical-based economy. Uh, So in San Antonio, uh, uh, that segment of our our economy, you know, tends to survive uh, pretty well through uh, 
some of the challenges that may be like uh, focus on a tech sector or, or things of this, uh, that nature. So, uh, you, you know, now what we are, we just had this discussion with my team this morning. We are seeing things change um, uh, double the median home value and above. Uh, median home value around 330 and below in San Antonio. That hasn't changed. There's still a ton of uh, um, uh, a ton of uh, attraction to that segment of the market. However, we're starting to see uh, things change at the at the very beginning. Like the, you know, the market's still really good, but we're starting to see uh, you know the six seven hundred thousand dollar homes in San Antonio um, slow down a little bit and stay on the market a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Thanks for that. Just interested to get because that seems to be. There seems to be a threshold with the average price and the crazy prices. Uh, there's not demand there, or, or even the inventory as well. Um, mm. What are you telling? What are you talking with your team about at the moment when it comes to lead generation? We mentioned before I press record that there's been some changes internally with with Zillow and and uh, who, who were a big yeah. influencer in the US market in in most of the states. I think with their iBuyer program and and stuff like that, but. Um, what are you guys doing for lead generation, and and you know what, how you making the, how you making the phone ring? So um, we have a, a tremendous relationship with Zillow. Um, we also have uh, great relationships with other lead aggregators such as HomeLite, and um, you know we have a, a significant Google pay per click and uh, Facebook uh, presence. However, uh, the big thing that I'm coaching right now is that while we're out there doing these activities. Our agency to be telling the story. You mentioned stories earlier, right? But there's so many people out there that have great stories, but the difference is they just don't tell them. Yeah. So you got to take action. And so, um, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or within your personal sphere of influence, you have to show and demonstrate to those that already trust you, like you know you, that, yeah. hey, you're out there operating. You're out there in the mix. You know, hey, here's me, selfie. I'm at the house showing a house today at three o'clock. Oh man, hey, the uh, Bob's out there again every Saturday. I see Bob out there showing with houses, and you have to remove that barrier so that when the people that already know you, love you, trust you, like you, have a real estate question or real estate problem, that they know it's okay to come to you. And yeah. social media is a great way for people to do that. And uh, um, you know, in terms of lead generation and appointment setting, I, I think that uh, uh, the days of uh, creating leads, uh, uh, a lot of people really know how to do that. Uh, a lot of people can uh, create an internet click uh, very easily and inexpensively. It's what you do with it in creating that appointment. And so uh, I focus very heavily on uh, my ISA team, my inside sales associates. Yep. Uh, they are here seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m nurturing, uh, mixing up the pot, sending out messages, uh, and having real estate conversations to create that appointment for our agents. And so that, that's what I say that we're doing uh, differently. Um, and then, uh, you know, coaching uh, the agents to tell their stories as they're, as they're doing it. Nice, nice. Well, that's exciting. And it's, um, you've certainly got the volume there and, and things are going on with that. What, what would be, um, I, I guess, uh, um, one question I did have, are you running a substantial database of contacts within the greater San Antonio area and probably beyond? You're probably dealing with buyers that might be coming in from out of town or in the state. Um, are you running a big database and that's what your, your uh, inside sales team's looking after? Uh, absolutely. So so we have a couple of things that we're doing. Uh, uh, I've got about 280, 290,000 people that in the last 10 years have come through 
whether it's Google, Facebook, or elite aggregator sites into my CRM. Yep. The most important thing that any team lead or any real estate agent can do out there is properly manage and control their database, right? Um, that database is your, it's your, it's your engine. It, yep. It's everything that you have. And so, um, and so uh, I coach people that there's two types of people in the United States of America, those that own homes and those that want to. Yeah. And, it's hard for sometimes people to really sit back and 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 but and, and and realize that. But like the difference is usually what comes out of our mouth and what doesn't. You know um, how you approach that conversation with the Johnson family. Hey, Mr. And Mrs. Johnson, I saw that you inquired on one two three H three. How can I help you today? Yeah. You know, uh, and versus our that house is not available. Bye. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so. Um, yeah, with our at, with our database, though, we have uh, automated text platforms and certainly engaging AI uh, as well. Um, you know, we have a regular newsletter that comes out. So anybody in our database can get a home value unsolicited. We're sending home values to people on a regular basis so that they can, you know, try to uh, spark that conversation. Uh, and ensuring that you have a CRM platform that you can see everything in real time all the time what's going on in those consumer behaviors. And so behavior-based triggers are extremely very important as well. And so it's, uh, um, and then, then you have to coach, teach, train, mentor your ISA team on, on how to interact with everybody and um, as well, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly some challenges there. Let's, um, you've been very generous with your time today, Levi. And, and oh, absolutely. Yeah. And thank you once more. Um, I'll, I'll just finish with a question I like to finish with you. Let's say you're talking to somebody new in real estate. Um, they're not going so well. Uh, what would be what would be your advice to help them get some uh, some runs on the board? Well, it depends. I, I think you need to either identify if you're brand new, identify if you want to be on a team or you're not. If you want to be on a team, go interview three teams and figure out which one's going to coach, teach, train, mentor, and offer the most opportunities to you as a, as a newer agent. Uh, two, if you're going to go in on your own, um, I would focus on the, the non, uh, uh, it depends on how much budget you have, but let's just assume that they don't have that much budget, right? Yeah. Um, I would focus on activities that don't cost much money and, and cost much sweat. Uh, doing open houses, knocking on doors. You know, uh, one of the things I used to do when I was a young uh, real estate agent, I would do what's called a choose your next neighbor uh, campaign. I would do an open house for somebody in the office and then I would print flyers and I would go knock on every door in that, that neighborhood and invite them to the open house to talk with me. And surprisingly, I started out thinking that that was a, a strategy to get more buyers and get the house sold, but it turned into more listings because I was impressing the sellers, the potential sellers that, hey, I'm out there grinding. And so pick a neighborhood or two, uh, just be hyper-focused, double down on that neighborhood, put in the work and don't make decisions month to month, make decisions quarter or bi-annually. You know, sometimes people uh, drop uh, uh, really good lead uh, generating activities too early. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, um, yeah but um yeah, if you want to look for homeowners, uh, pick a neighborhood and knock on a door. You know, yeah. talk to people. I think that's I think that's fabulous advice, and 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 thank you for sharing. Um, well, been great to catch up. If you're looking to if you're looking to connect with Levi, it's Rogers with a D R O D G E R S first name Levi L E V I, and it's the Levi Rogers Group from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, thank you, sir. It's been a blast. No, absolutely. You have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Levi. <laughs>